1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sport of Pro Wrestling podcast. I am Chris Samsa, and this is your G1 Climax 30 Night 3 Preview. G1 Climax 30 continues from Sapporo on September 23rd with another event stacked with A-block matches. The card is split with two matches between wrestlers that seek to remain undefeated and two matches between wrestlers who seek their first win of the tournament. The main event will feature the end of another G1 to Wrestle Kingdom and Back to G1 Trilogy involving Kota Ibushi, as he will battle Jay White in a rematch of last year's tournament final. The undercard of tournament matches features some remarkably captivating matchups, including two matches that we've never seen in a New Japan ring. The semi-main event will feature Chaos members Will Ospreay and Tomohiro Ishii facing off for the first time in their careers. And third from the top, Suzuki-Gun member Taichi will battle leader Minoru Suzuki for the first time in NJPW. Earlier on the card, Kazuchigo Okada will attempt to continue his 2020 dominance against easy target Yujiro Takahashi, and Jeff Cobb and Shingo Takagi will both look to get their first points on the board in the first tournament match of the night. Of course, you can find my complete statistical preview for every competitor in this year's G1 at VoicesOfWrestling.com. I have interactive, sortable tables for NJPW's 2020, as well as all 1,470 G1 Climax matches to date at SportOfProWrestling.com. And you can let me know what you find when you drill down by dropping me a line on Twitter at TheChrisSamsa. So let's get into it. Uh, This Wednesday's event will come to us from Sapporo at 6.30 p.m. JST. That is uh, 4.30 a.m. Central Time. So that's Chicago time. So what is that, 5.30 in New York and 2.30 a.m. on the West Coast. So you can watch live or on demand at njpwworld.com. And uh, while we're talking about NJPW World, again, I'm going to give a shout-out to NJPWEXT. So NJPWEXT is the only browser extension for NJPWworld.com with features like synchronized viewing parties, dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, and much, much more. It takes NJPWworld to the next level. Visit NJPWEXT.us today for details. So now that the tournament is underway, we have some results to talk about here in this little segment of the show. Um, results are real simple right now. We're just going to go through the, you know, a little bit of the, the, really the points totals, uh, the standings, and we'll talk a little bit about who beat who so we can, uh, keep track of some, tiebreakers as well and uh, as things get more interesting in some of the more detailed stats like uh, match length statistics and and pin attempts and things like that we'll start to slice those out here too so but for right now uh, pretty simple everyone's had one match so they've either got one win or one loss so um, the winners Kota Ibushi, Will Osprey, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and Jay White. Uh, the losers Jeff Cobb, Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, Shingo Takagi, and Yujiro Takahashi. Um, So, Ibushi defeated Kazuchika Okada in the main event of Night 1. Will Ospreay uh, defeated Yujiro Takahashi in the uh, the first match of of Night 1. Minoru Suzuki defeated Tomohiro Ishii. Taichi defeated Jeff Cobb. And Jay White defeated Shingo Takagi. So as the tournament goes on, those tiebreakers and and what's important will become um, more and more evident. But of course, I've got the uh, the tiebreaker table up at sportofprowrestling.com. I also include it with all of my uh, all of my previews at voicesofwrestling.com too. As I said in the intro, we've got a uh, a five block match card here uh, with one Young Lion match opening things up. So. Um, Really, the, the main event is is pretty clear with this match. It's Kota Ibushi versus Jay White as they finish up their um, kind of trilogy, their 2019-2020 trilogy that bounced from the uh, G1 Finals in 2019 and then to a Wrestle Kingdom kind of consolation match in the double gold dash and now back to the beginning of G1 Climax 30. So uh, Kota Ibushi and Jay White had only shared the ring once before their G1 Final matchup last year. Uh, that was on July 25th of 2015, where they were an unsuccessful tag team partners against the Bullet Club team of AJ Styles and Bad Luck Fale. At the time, Kota Ibushi was still splitting his time between uh, DDT and New Japan, and Jay White was still an eager young lion with mohawked hair and uh, his simple black trunk sprinting to the ring ahead of Ibushi during their entrances. They were unsuccessful as a team, and then they kept away from each other for four plus years until last year's hyper-competitive G1 Climax Final, which saw Ibushi overcome the Bullet Club antics that brought Jay White to the tournament final. Ibushi looks to begin his tournament this year the same way he ended his G1 last year, with back-to-back victories against now-former IWGP heavyweight champions Kazuchika Okada and Jay White, avenging his losses to both at Wrestle Kingdom. Jay White, on the other hand, will look to leverage his most recent one-on-one matchup with Ibushi, their Wrestle Kingdom double gold dash consolation match on January 5th that White was able to win definitively. White's victory over Ibushi may have served as a turning point in his ability to produce results. He hasn't lost a singles match since that victory, and even with a long layoff, he returned to Japan with a statement victory over Shingo Takagi to begin this year's G1. So both these guys are coming into this match, and it, it kind of feels like they've both figured something out in their first matches of of the G one. Ibushi really like definitively defeated Kazuchika Okada in in just twenty one minutes, and uh, Jay White defeated Shingo Takagi in a match that never really even seemed to be in in question. So I mean, Takagi put up a put up a good fight, but White definitely had that match in um in the in his back pocket. 19 minutes and 28 seconds real solid victory jay white looks great super in shape um came out clearly excited to be back in 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 the way that only he can show um arrogant and and just you know dastardly but he got the job done so These guys have sort of different but similar G1 histories. Both uh, have had uh, quite a bit of success. Uh, Ibushi's in his sixth G1. Jay White's in his third. um, But Kota Ibushi enters this match with an eight-match unbeaten streak in G1 block matches dating back to last year. Uh, Nine straight G1 wins if you include last year's final win over Jay White. Now, Jay White enters this match with a seven-match winning streak in G1 block matches. Of course, his overall G1 winning streak stands at one, his victory over Shingo Takagi on Saturday night, as his impressive winning streak to win the B block last year was halted by Ibushi in last year's final. Uh, Coming into this year's tournament, Jay White had 12 wins over his first two G1 tournaments. Only AJ Styles, with 14, had more victories in their first two G1 climaxes. So uh, both these guys, they're they're producing results in the G1. Jay White has to be considered one of the favorites after going to the final last year and um, probably being pretty heated and ready to go as he comes into this year's G1. Ibushi, uh, after winning against Okada, you kind of have to consider him as someone who could certainly win the block, but it would be quite the feat to go to three finals in a row no one's ever done that and that would be the case with Ibushi if he were to go to the final this year Uh, in regards to 2020 uh, we've got Jay White at four and one and Kota Ibushi at two and three in singles matches uh, over the course of 2020 over the last 365 days the last calendar year Jay White at six and one Ibushi at four and three So Jay White enters this match on a four-match winning streak. The Switchblade hasn't lost a singles match since dropping the Intercontinental Championship to Tetsuya Naito on January 4th. Uh, Since then, he's defeated Ibushi, Sonata, Flip Gordon, and Shingo Takagi. Ibushi's had kind of a a tough go of it. He ended 2019 on an 11-match winning streak, um, but really those, those last 365 days have not been so kind to him. He went... 0 uh, 2 to begin the year and uh, he's only picked up uh, two two singles victories uh, this year. Those being his uh, his first round match against Zack Sabre Jr that he he won and his match the other night against Kazuchika Okada. Now it it may come as a surprise because these guys neither of them has ever had a draw in the G1 and it's been quite a while since I think either of them has had a, a time limit draw in, in any circumstance but this matchup is definitely a statistical candidate for that that time limit draw uh, it took Ibushi 3101 to defeat Jay white in last year's g1 final so that is obviously um one minute and one second over the typical g1 30 minute time limit and then uh, these guys have two of the three longest average losing match lengths in new japan in 2020 so white's uh stands at 3354. And Ibushi's stands at twenty seven twenty seven, and that's uh, second and third in the stamina metric behind uh, just Tetsuya Naito's thirty eight oh one. So these guys they lose long, they 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 wear down their opponents if they need to, and they just they stay in matches. So uh, it, it would surprise me if they went to a draw in kind of a G one style match, but it's certainly a possibility that I don't think we should ignore. So that's your main event, Jay White kota ibushi in a g1 climax finals rematch bouncing it right back and and we'll see who takes the rubber match of that one so i'm i'm excited to uh to see those two match up just one more time before that uh in the semi-main event we've got tomohiro ishii and will Ospreay. ishii entering the match with zero points will Ospreay entering the match with two points so Tomohiro Ishii looks to score his first two points of the G1 in a first-time matchup against fellow Chaos member Will Ospreay. Osprey and Ishii succeed with very different styles, and it will be interesting to see how Will Ospreay's high-impact acrobatics and agility match up with Ishii's no-nonsense striking style. Will Osprey was given a layup by the New Japan matchmakers in his first match back since the pandemic hiatus, defeating Yujiro Takahashi in just 7 minutes and 34 seconds. Osprey looked ready to compete at a high level in the ring, and upon his victory, he was given a microphone to declare that, quote, New Japan has been good in the pandemic era, but it's so much better now that I'm back, and the G1 is about being the one, and you're looking at him. Osprey is, uh, uh, he's never really outwardly lacked confidence, but this was one of his first opportunities to, cl- to declare it so publicly as he scored his first win of the tournament. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii wasn't so lucky. His first tournament match uh, this year was against Minoru Suzuki, the 52 year old veteran and now never openweight champion, who was snubbed in the selection process in last year's G1, so he, he came in with a chip on his shoulder for sure. Ishii battled Suzuki as hard as he could, but ulti- ultimately succumbed to the gotch style pile driver in defeat. Ishii comes into this. Match with quite a bit more experience in the G1 than Will Osprey. This is his eighth consecutive G1 climax. Ishii hasn't been super successful in the G1. He's thirty and thirty-five overall with a .462 winning percentage. Average match length lands at fourteen seventeen, so that's pretty much uh, you know straight up with the average of the last ten years. So, and then you've got Will Osprey. This is his second tournament. He's got 10 G1 matches under his belt, and he's 5-5. Osprey's all-time average G1 match length of 17-13, though, is currently tied for the longest among this year's G1 competitors with Okada. His average match length did drop quite a bit um, with that 7-minute victory over Yujiro Takahashi. When it comes to that first match of the tournament this year, Ishi was the only wrestler who did not even attempt a pin in his first G1 match of 2020 Osprey on the other hand he attempted two pinfalls one of which was successful uh, so that's a 50 percent conversion rate for osprey on the pin attempts last year's tournament Osprey had the uh, the most pinning attempts at 51 over the course of his nine matches so that was an average of 5.66 per match and then uh his his first match this year only two uh and then on the other end of the spectrum ishii in last year's tournament he um his opponents attempted to pin him 49 times um so that's an average of 5.44 and minoru suzuki only attempted to pin ishii once and uh he was successful so that is something to look out for, too. Osprey's style is usually, especially against bigger guys, guys that he's um, mismatched with, we'll say, he typically just... In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan
0: of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now Off. Again, that's arena club.com slash V O W net arena club.com slash V O W net for 10% off your first purchase on arena club. And we thank them for sponsoring the voice of the wrestling podcast network.
2: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? dot com and check out noom's first ever cookbook the noom kitchen for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living available to buy now wherever books are sold
1: keeps attempting to win which uh it's it's a sound strategy so trying to pin pins are what gets you victories in pro wrestling and last year during the g1 he was he was kind of That was his role. He was kind of the underdog in the tournament. So he was um, just constantly going for um, pins and flash pins and and pins that weren't off of uh, of finishers, too. So um, in 2020, you got Will Ospreay uh, kind of having a tough year, uh, losing a couple of matches early to Hiromu Takahashi and Ryu Lee, and then only just picking up the win over Yujiro. So he's one and two on the year. Ishii is three and three. Not a ton of uh, big wins for Ishii, but, you know, 3-3 three and three nonetheless. The interesting bit here, though, is that Will Ospreay's last two losses, so those losses to Hiromu Takahashi and Ryu Lee, um, those are his only two losses over the course of the last 365 days, and those matches have averaged 25 minutes and 48 seconds. Tomohiro Ishii only has one singles victory on record in his career longer than that 25 minutes and 48 seconds, and that was his 29 minute and 45 second victory over Kenny Omega in the first round of the 2017 New Japan Cup. So that is something to look out for. Osprey, again, he goes long whether he wins or loses. Ishii, not very successful in those longer matches over the course of his entire career. Uh, Head-to-head, like I said earlier, these guys have never faced each other. It'll be their first singles matchup. The kind of fascinating thing is that they've also never been on the opposite side of a tag or a multi-person match. So these guys have shared the ring 56 times, but only ever on the same team. So the intra-squad game here, the intra-stable game between Ishii and Osprey, uh, I think this is the test to see if Osprey, the heavyweight, can hang. And I think Ishii's the guy to um, play gatekeeper there if if it's not going to be the case for Will just yet. Uh, third match on the card, we've got another intra stable match. We've got Minoru Suzuki and Tai Chi, uh, both of Suzuki Goon. Minoru Suzuki entering with two points. Taichi also entering with two points after a victory over Jeff Cobb. Minoru Suzuki returned to the G1 Climax in a way that only he can, declaring that he's certainly not here on a retirement tour in a hard-hitting, no-nonsense victory over Tomohiro Ishii. On paper, Suzuki's next matchup with Taichi may be a little bit easier to stomach, but the intrafaction nature of Suzuki-gun versus Suzuki-gun is is an unknown commodity as these two have only faced off once back in 2016 before Taichi had even really graduated to heavyweight. Taichi entered his second G1 with a hard-fought victory over Jeff Cobb, and he will certainly be battling with pride as he enters his hometown of Sapporo as a reigning IWGP Tag Team Champion. In regards to G1 climax history, Suzuki comes in at 36, 30, and two with a five twenty nine win percentage. Uh, tai Chi five and five, so this is his second tournament, so he's got uh, one tournament plus one match, five and five at a at a straight up five hundred. So not a not a ton to go with there, Minoru Suzuki. Not a ton of um, like big time success in the G1, but over five hundred, so that's meaningful. Uh, in 2020, Suzuki is 3-2, uh, that 600 win percentage, and so is Taichi. So both these guys, 3-2, and two, pretty good. They're doing okay. Uh, Suzuki's lost a couple of matches uh, he lost his New Japan Cup match against Yuji Nagata, and he lost the U.S. title match against um, John Moxley. So Suzuki, as I shared in uh, one of my previews, Suzuki's kind of saving his matchups in his, his singles matches for higher stakes matches this year. So uh, gonna be interesting to see Suzuki sustain the pace at the uh, during the G1 and see if he falls off late. In regards to head-to-head, the Super Jcast uh, posted a note on their Twitter that there have only been two occasions out of the 14 matches where a faction leader has lost to their subordinate during the G1. Both of those were Okada, once in uh, 2018 when Jay White defeated him, and once in 2016 when Ishii defeated him. So that doesn't bode well for Chi, as Suzuki is the leader of suzuki Goon. Uh, Suzuki and Tai Chi have only faced each other once, and that was at a, what was it called? The Taichi and Taka produced third anniversary convention at Shinkiba First Ring. Uh, not a New Japan match, but uh, Suzuki did defeat Tai Chi in 23 minutes and 45 seconds. Similarly to Osprey and Ishii, Suzuki and Tai Chi have never faced each other in a tag team or multi person match. But these two have tagged together a whopping 367 times, which seems outrageous. But these guys, they've been uh, running in the same circle for, for quite a while here. So it'll be good to see them. heads. I don't think they're going to go easy on each other. I think that there may be something that comes out of this because we've there's always been... Um, tai Chi seems to have a desire to kind of... Grow his capacity if you will in in the in the name of of being a faction leader the third match on the card it's gonna be Kazuchika Okada and Yujiro Takahashi battling again in 2020 for I think it, what is it the third official time that really uh, counts for both of them so both of these guys entering with zero points kind of a surprise to see Okada coming in with zero but um You know, you can't win them all, I guess. And Yujiro, not a surprise at all that he's coming in at zero. But these guys have been going after each other uh, for quite a while. And, of course, they meet up again in the G1. They, uh, they're continuing their seemingly never-ending feud as they both attempt to score their first win of this young G1. Uh, Yudro struggled to keep up with the returning Will Ospreay in his first G1 match in over five years. He lost quickly to the Assassin in just 7 minutes and 34 seconds. Okada drew the short straw for his first match of this year's tournament, pitting him against defending G1 Climax winner Kota Ibushi. Okada still committed to his Cobra Clutch failed to uh, meet the energy of the explosive Ibushi, losing to the Golden Star in, uh, in Okada low, 2135. Uh, 35 The Rainmaker will look to get back on track against Yujiro Takahashi, a competitor he's never fallen to. Uh, when it comes to G1 Climax history, Okada's one of the best. 50-21-4 with a winning percentage of 6.67. Total match length in the G1 uh, 21 hours, 30 minutes and 48 seconds. So he certainly can get back on track. We know Okada will have success in the G1 one way or another. Yujiro on the other hand, one of the worst, um, surprised to see him in the tournament, but yeah, I guess every now and then you got to give someone another shot, uh, 19 and 34. Uh, like I said, this is his first tournament since 2015. So uh, we've got an inexperienced and also unsuccessful, typically, Yujiro Takahashi uh, facing off with Okada here. So uh, Okada and Yujiro's 292 point difference in their G1 winning percentage represents the widest gap between all A-block competitors. So you've got the best in Okada and the worst in Yujiro. Dating back to last year's A Block final, though, uh, with kotobushi Kazuchika Okada has lost two straight G1 Climax matches. Uh, with normal competitors, that wouldn't be cause to panic, but with Okada, it, it, it may be. Okada has only lost three straight G1 matches once, and that was between t- uh, the end of the 2017 tournament and the beginning of the 2018 tournament. And uh, 2018 tournament was not a uh, not a great tournament for Okada as he. Uh, seemed to kind of lose his, his mind throughout it, so we may be seeing a different version of that happening with Okada here, as he uh, he remains committed to the the money clip. So his submission move, the the Cobra Clutch that he's uh, branded as the money clip. So um, he he showed on Saturday night that he's remaining committed to that finishing submission hold, um, but he's in his uh, what is that seventy five G one matches. He only has one previous G1 victory via submission, which is that 2017 uh, victory over Torriano. So something to look out for whether or not he's able to cross that bridge and uh, get some G1 wins with this submission that he's been committed to since the uh, pandemic hiatus uh, in 2020. Okada still one of the best, even though uh, it may seem like he's struggling. He's, he's been a little less dominant, but he's been eight and eight and four, which is in line with his, it's actually the same as his all time G1 win percentage of six sixty seven. His eight singles victories remain the most in new Japan with evil and Jeff Cobb hot on his heels at seven. Uh, Okada's five singles victories by submission are tied for most in new Japan with Yuji Nagata and Taiji Ishimori. Like I said, these guys have some head to head history. Some of it uh, back in 14 and 15, both in G1. Uh, that was Okada victories. And then again at Sengoku Lord just earlier this year, Okada defeated Yudro in 13 minutes and 43 seconds in a singles match. Of course, not noted in their one-on-one series is Okada's victory over Ujiro in that three-on-one handicap match earlier this year at and Hall to qualify for the KOPW 2020 four-way. So these guys meet up again, uh, hopefully for the last time in a little while, as as this hasn't been the most captivating of um, feuds, especially by uh, Kazuchika Okada standards. But they got to face each other one more time here in the G1, and we'll see kind of where it ends up. Maybe Yujiro's figured something out. And to kick off the tournament matches on the card, we'll have another match between competitors who lost their first match in, the, in this year's G1 Jeff Cobb will face off against Shingo Takagi in a match that's sure to be inspired by Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii's hard-hitting battle from night one. Uh, These guys, again, don't have a ton of history. They're both in their second G1 Climax. They're both four and six in G1s, which is a little bit surprising to see um, Shingo and Cobb with the same record. Shingo's matches have gone significantly longer. He's averaging 16 minutes and 41 seconds, while Cobb averages just 12.23. Uh, each at 4 and 6, this is the only match on tonight's card with two wrestlers with all-time G1 records under 500. Uh, Cobb, Shingo, and Taichi are three wrestlers to keep an eye on, uh, if not for this year, but for future years, as they are all in their second tournament, and they have uh, shared a block each, each year. So they'll have the same. Um, so those guys will have the same group of competitors that they've faced. So their G one records over the course of two years will um, kind of share relevance. So uh, in regards to twenty twenty, Cobb has uh, seven singles wins. So he's he's seven and three. Um, his seven singles victories are second most in New Japan this year, behind only Kazuchika Okada with eight. Uh, he's still looking for his first 2020 victory outside of the U.S., though. Uh, Shingo Takagi, just four and three, still coming, still riding high off that uh, never open weight championship uh, title reign, um, but probably also has a little chip on his shoulder after losing that title to Minoru Suzuki. These guys' head-to-head history is is pretty simple on the surface. It'll be Cobb and Takagi's second one-on-one singles match and second G1 Climax match. Like I said, they were in the same block last year. So Cobb defeated Shingo in 12-27 uh, during last year's tournament. So though last year's G1 was their first uh, technical one-on-one match, Jeff Cobb and Shingo Takagi came into last year's tournament familiar with each other after uh, Cobb defeated Shingo and Bandito in a three-way elimination match in the finals of the 2018 PWG Battle of Los Angeles in a match that defined Jeff Cobb's trajectory as a force to be reckoned with. So, uh, on, on the surface, these guys are a match to watch. We're certainly going to see, um, the highest effort from both of them as they both try to get out of that zero and, um, and get some points on the board. So so those are our five G1 matches. Uh, we've also got a Young Lions match to kick off the card. That'll be Yuya Yomura and Gabriel Kidd on uh, on this night. I have had some requests to follow and track the unofficial C-block, especially because it's just these three Young Lions. I will absolutely do that. I'm going to give them each a couple of matches to um, to build up a record, and then I will start reporting that out as I see fit. So that's all I've got for you today. We've previewed all five of the G1 Climax A Block matches on the September 23rd card. I will be back tomorrow to preview Thursday the 24th's B Block card. Of course, you can find this preview in written form at sportofprowrestling.com or voicesofwrestling.com. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter at the Chris TheChrisSamsa to interact with me during most major pro wrestling events. I appreciate you giving me a listen, and I'll see you next time on the Sport of Pro Wrestling podcast.